welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast, where we share the successes and challenges of raising pigs on pasture. We talk to producers all over the country, from small homesteads to large commercial pasture operations. Whether you're new to pastured pigs or have been raising hogs for decades, we hope you hear new ideas and new perspectives on pasturing hogs. Here's your host, Troy McClung. Hello, everybody. This is Troy with the Pastured Pig Podcast. Um, hope everyone had a great Christmas break and got to enjoy some time off, some time with friends and family, hopefully. Um, if you're wondering uh, what's up with my voice, yeah, I got a little bit of a head cold going on there, so it's giving me uh, a little bit more of a radio voice, I guess. Uh, we'll see how long this lasts. But uh, obviously, as you know, we took a break from the podcast, uh, took a couple weeks off there uh, to enjoy the holiday, and we're back in. And I've got a good interview set up for this episode of the podcast, but also putting a call out for additional interviews as we head into 2020. Uh, if uh, if you would like to be on our podcast, we can just discuss your setup. And again, don't have to be a huge setup. You can just be starting out. Uh, you can be at it for a couple years. You can have two pigs. You can have 200 pigs. We just like to talk, and we can talk specifics as well. Um, if there's a specific subject, whether it's feed or farrowing or accommodations or fence, anything like that, just uh, go to redtoolhouse.com, click on our Pastured Pig podcast link, and there's a form there, just a real you know, couple questions there, real simple to do. Uh, just send me that information, that way I'll have your contact information and we can uh, coordinate a time uh, to have a discussion. Well, I wanted to give some updates, a uh, you know, lot's happened uh, since I last did a recording here, so we've got um, uh, actually the night I'm recording this, and tomorrow evening I will be loading our sows to take to the processor. We are indeed going to process them, and we're going to start all over. And actually, going to do probably going to do an episode coming up soon with just uh, just me talking about our setup and and our configuration and, and some of the new changes that we're going through. Uh, so there'll be more to come there as well. Well, I want to hop into our interview here, and um, and uh, as we transition over to the pre-recording, you'll you'll get some of the background here and and see what uh, some of my foolishness that made this our second interview of the same person. So I'll catch you guys on the back end. Well, hello everybody, welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast. Uh, yet another great interview set up uh, this evening, and ironically, uh, you all don't know this, but this is my second time interviewing DJ because some dummy uh, lost the audio file from the first interview. So we're going to DJ and I are going to maybe plow the same ground, but it'll be new for you all. So uh, first of all, welcome DJ. How are you today? I'm well. I was all prepared to say long-time listener, second-time caller this time. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I want to say that uh, out of the 30-some interviews I've done, you're the first and only one that I've deleted so far. So I appreciate, A, being num- you being number one, and B, uh, you uh, being gracious enough to come back and talk again. Well, the uh, the fates may be telling us something with you losing the first one, so... Uh, if we lose this one, we'll just have to chop it up that we had a good time and not worry about it again. <laughs> yeah, if I recall, I think the first one, you and I, uh, we started swapping stories there, and we went a little long, so maybe maybe that's what it was. Is, is That's uh, probably what it was. There was some incriminating evidence that we threw out there. and, and uh, Yes, and, yes. Good. I have to uh, <laughs> I have to not talk as much this time, get more to the point. I think the good Lord was gracious to, to block some of that stuff out so you and I wouldn't get <laughs> tracked down. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's, uh, you know, again, I hate to have uh, people listening feel like they're on an island and, and not you know, overhearing a conversation versus being a part of one. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning. So uh, the, your name is D- DJ Bradshaw, and the name of your farm is? Shadow Bee Farms. Shadow Bee Farms. All right. And where are you located? We are in Raven County, very northeast corner of Georgia, and the uh, southern appalachian mountains uh terrain a lot like what you've got there in west virginia yeah you know uh, I, when i first talked to you i i wasn't sure if you were from uh, new england vermont area but uh <laughs> yes my vo- <laughs> my my uh accent can be a little deceiving <laughs> doesn't sound southern at all <laughs> <laughs> all right excellent what does uh what's the uh what's the significance of shadow bee farms is there is there some method to the madness of that name Oh no, I'm I've got a a good history to the name. It's Shadow B B for Bradshaws. Uh, I was always in my grandpa's shadow um, when he uh, was living. He died a week after I turned sixteen, 
and some of the last conversation we had, he was saying that if any kind of farm stuff was going to be continued, it was going to be me doing it. And when I say farm stuff, we're not a conventional farm. We're just on the side of a mountain trying to make a go at whatever we can. We always had some cows and and different things, but he was kind of the one that headed it up. And uh, again, I was always in the shadow, so that's my tribute to him. Shadow B Farms. <clears throat> very good, very good. I love a I love a farm that has a history to its name versus somebody just taking their name off a street sign like I did. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? It works. <laughs> it's, it's stuck out. Unique. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, so tell us about this, uh, your farm setup. Give me the 40,000-foot elevation view of what you got going on there. All right. We are classified as not making a profit kind of farm. Uh, <laughs> That's one of those different type of we, nonprofits, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh We've we've joked forever, especially Daddy. He says if you want to make money farming, watch what we do and do the exact opposite, and you'll probably make something. Yeah. Um, That's well, what they always say. Do you want to be? How, you know how to be a millionaire in farming? Start with yeah. yeah start, start with, with a couple million. million. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. I, I I want to put that on the shirt so bad and wear it every day. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. But no, we're uh, we're kind of a little bit of everything farm. We've got pigs. Um, we have. Currently, the I think I've got six gilts uh, that are three-quarter Berkshire, quarter Duroc that we farrowed out ourselves um, a year ago. <clears throat> we do cattle. We got uh, Santa Gertrudis cattle. They're, they're the big, red, long-eared uh, that come, uh, were created there in Kingsville, uh, yeah, Texas. Hmm, okay. I, I may have... Um, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day on those. Um, <laughs> we've got honeybees and, um, when we last talked, I had a lot more chickens than I do now. Uh, Bobcats have been helping me out again. Oh, so we, uh, Feeding the working on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, and we do, uh, custom hay, you know, we sell a lot of square bale hay and things. So we're, um, that's you know, the manual labor side of it. And then with it, we sell retail cuts of beef and pork at farmer's market and in stores and things. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I know uh, um, that's that's where we want to camp out uh, later in this conversation. So we're going to stick a pin in the uh, farmer's market discussion. And uh, cause mm -hmm. I, I really like uh, your approach to, to marketing and how you do your, your uh, markets there. So so we'll we'll save that for the meat of the conversation. Pardon the pun. Um <laughs> but, but let's let's talk a little bit about your your farm setup. You you'd made a comment already, and I know in, in talking in the past that uh, your your farm you say isn't ideal for uh, you know it's not the it's not the magical quintessential uh, polycultural farm that people would expect to see on like a uh, a picture or something. Right, uh, that description would make you think that we've got you know Green Acres, the back forty, a little bit of uh, Bonanza going, and what it is is we got a little spot here, a little spot yonder, and a little spot over across the mountain. Um, because um, for anybody that watches your YouTube, you have more flat land to work with than I do, <laughs> so that believe. says a whole lot. <laughs> um, so. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I Lord of mercy, I done forgot where we were going, Joy. Uh, sorry, the, that's right. Just talking about the layout of your farm. Oh, that's right. Um, where, since this is the the pig, we'll concentrate on the pigs. Sure. Um, where they're at, they're on nine acres, um, except for uh, eight and ninety nine one hundredths of it is all wooded on literally the side of the mountain. So, yeah. um, when we first started looking at trying to do pigs um we had the natural resource conservation folks come out and they said well this is probably the worst place to try to do pigs <laughs> so made me want to do it even more exactly. so we uh challenge accepted <laughs> challenge accepted so we've we're making it work and and that's kind of leading into a, a whole nother side of the farm that we're excited about we literally had to dig into the side of a mountain to make a big flat area um yep. i missed probably a quarter acre maybe half acre, somewhere in that range. Yeah. But it is just absolute terrible, terrible dirt. Um, so, like, the pine trees don't even grow that well there. Yeah. <laughs> so, is that red so what clay? We, uh, it's not even red clay. I don't even know what to call it. We have plenty of red clay. Yeah. 
but where we're at, it's just uh, it's like a real sandy, rocky, crumbly. I don't even know what to call it. Wow. Um, it uh, it will pack hard, and then you will sink to your eyeballs after a good rain. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, so what we do, we have our pigs in a, a big pen. And if I remember right from last time, I we we heard the gasps of everybody like, "Oh, you don't have pasture pigs? Why are you here?" Um, Wrong podcast, so, buddy. Uh, my bad. So what we what we are doing with that is uh, it's a really good size pen. Um, we we take it and anytime it rains uh, or thereafter, best we can, we're putting hay back in it, filling up hay uh pigs walk around do their business chomp it up mash it in and then <clears throat> taking it and scooping it out and making a big old compost pile so i have it mixed in with leaves mixed in with uh, i've got um like tree uh, folks that take and chip up the trees and everything they've got a spot where they can come just dump wood chips free oh, great. so i'm just taking it all mixing it in and uh, I've got a pretty good pile, and the pigs are going to go into the woods, but right now they are helping me create a little bit of topsoil that I'll be able to go back and spread. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. So that's that's kind of a, a sideline that the pigs are helping us do. Um, but we're really, really excited that they're they're there to, uh, you know, we can benefit from that side effect, I'll call it. Right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta go with what you got. So that, uh, exactly. That's a, that's a great, uh, it's like a little, uh, little composting machine going on there. Mm-hmm. We've probably got three dump truck loads now. Um, I was mixing it up the other day and it was a lot more than I was expecting, but we're going to need a lot. And so luckily they're, they're doing what they got to do for me. Yeah. So how, how many pigs do you have right now on farm? This I have, here? I have six gilts. Um, they are currently on E Hog Harmony and FarmersOnly.com looking for a boyfriend. <laughs> um, still not figured out what I want to breed to. Um, I've got to pretty quickly because I'm getting away from where I want to be uh, farrowing out. Yeah. We we have we've done the whole the whole thing farrow to finish. Um, I really like the farrowing part, and that's kind of where I want to concentrate. We can talk about that a little bit later down the road too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, they they range. They're right at a year old, um, and they were born last winter. Because down here we're a zone seven, so you know, get down in the thirties is kind of average. Well, when these two they they birthed out a month apart. The pharaoh, I guess I should say it properly. Um, it decided to be, you know, the two coldest times of the year. Drip, <laughs> dropped off down into the teens and stayed there. That's where it goes. Um, you know, so um, we we didn't we don't use pharaoh crate pharaoh and crates. Not against them. We just don't use them. And that's where part of the other folks just got mad at me. My apologies. But uh, we just got a big uh, one of them. We pharaohed out in a trailer that I have set up in the pen so that they're used to coming in and out of a trailer. It worked out really well. And then another, and it's just uh, like a little lean-to building that we, um, much smaller scale of what your, your feral and barn was going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And it worked. We, uh, we only had one stillborn. Um, one had seven, one had eight, and they all lived happily ever after until they didn't. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Circle of life. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, good. Good. So, what uh, what breeds are we talking about here? What what did you? Uh... Um, we're we got Berkshire Durocs right now, and the reason we got into that is, um, we used to live in South Georgia. That's where my my wife is from. Um, and uh, my best friend, he is a dairy man down that way, and his family used to do pigs back in the seventies, and um, their claim to fame is they they used to have big auctions and, and they had a, uh, sold a sow, got on the trailer a couple miles down the road. She started, uh, farrowing out. By the time the folks got to Alabama, she had 28 pigs and raised 26 of them. Good um, so, and most, you know, they did slaughter floors on the ground, dirt ground, you know, they, they knew what they're doing. So he's kind of was my mentor, but we had a, uh, uh, a barbecue master actually contacted us about 
raising Duroc Berkshire Crosses um, to put in their restaurant. Yeah. I won't I won't say who because it fell through. They never got back to us. But I pulled the trigger and went ahead and went with it. And we've been rolling ever since. Yeah. So. Um, All right. So as far as searching for a boar, are you, are you looking for a specific breed? Or are you just looking for you know, just, just anybody uh, with two legs and equipment? <laughs> well, um, Four legs, you know, I'm not I'm not wanting uh, American guinea hog or coonie coon or anything like that. No. Um, I'm pretty, pretty biased that uh, I don't like floppy ears. If you'll remember that from our last conversation, <laughs> we had quite a <laughs> had quite a conversation about floppy ears. Now you can't give um, away too much stuff because people are like, "Hey, I wish I could have heard that." <laughs> yeah, and and that's one of those stories. I wish that uh, you know, I wish it could come back in its fullness. But right, yeah. um, but yes, I I just don't like a floppy eared pig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just one of them things. Um, so I've been. Uh, but I don't mind one if it's crossed like a large black cross with a Tamworth or something. So we're, we're still experimenting trying to right now. It's just trying to find something close. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, cause my, my girls, they've, I've tried to get in there when I know they're in heat and everything, but they have no desire for me to be trying any AI on them. So hmm. Hmm. right now we, we gotta, we gotta stick with the, the real live McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, you you know you can go with what you're used to, and and there's definitely pros and cons of both sides. So, yeah, I think part of that was uh, some traits that came from their mamas. Their mamas were they were okay, but they they weren't just exactly flop over and let you rub their belly all the time. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, part of the genetics there. Um. So we've we've looked at an old spot again. Big floppy ears, not crazy, but going back of the disposition and and how. Um, chefs and, and different butchers and all really like the meat and the cross. So we're we're kind of at a pretty open experimental stage to see what we can come up with. Yeah. All right. So what is, um, uh, we've talked about your pasture setup. What what are you doing as far as feed goes? Do you have a specific feed regimen? Are you, you, you just kind of going standard? We, we go with just a regular commercial pellet feed. Um, I don't even remember. I think it's like a 16% protein, but, when it's 17 cents a pound and I can get it bulk, um, that's what we're rolling with. There's where I'm at. Uh, I've not seen any more, uh, desire for feeding on GMO or doing organic and all that. So I'm not chasing that rabbit down the hole. Uh, if no one's going to pay me more for it, I'm not going to put no more extra work into it than I have to. Oh yeah. Well, that's supply and demand. Yeah. You, you can't, when you're looking at you know doubling or tripling your costs, and if your if your market's not going to carry that burden for you, then yeah, you're just kind of throwing money on the street. Exactly, or out the rear end. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, no doubt. Big doesn't care one way or the other. Does it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's your here's your non-GMO organic compost. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Certify that, buddy. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. So, um, um, are you, are you free feeding? Are you uh, bulk feeding? How are you doing that? Um, right now with just the gilts, we're just, uh, we're feeding once a day. Um, just kind of, we were just kind of maintaining them. So this is getting a couple buckets once a day. And now that we're looking at going into breeding, you know, I've upped it some to, to get a little more body condition on them. I mean, they're not slap fat hogs but they're they're good enough condition we're just kind of maintaining and i'll also go get uh i've got access to um bread from like a bread uh uh distribution center kind of thing yeah. uh, bread that comes back in from the stores that are uh expired or close to uh expiring whatever they'll sell it um, by the truckload so i go and fill up i've got a big flatbed truck and i mean it'll just fill it slap full for not much money and uh so that and the com- conventional feed yeah uh is doing us a really really good job yeah yeah all right all right so um so right now if, if you've got the the six gilts and you, you you're looking to breed are you looking to breed all six of those this year so you could possibly have six farrowings um probably what we'll do is two two and two um because the way I'm set up now, I will give this caveat. I don't have electricity out there at the farm, but I got a generator for like those two nights they came. You know, I kept a generator going to keep a, a heat lamp going for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But I, 
I put so much hay in there that you woke up and unless something moves, you think they've escaped. Um, <laughs> so um, I've got you know corners blocked off where they can get out from under mom and thing. But um, um, I did it again, Troy. I f- totally forgot what you said. I'm so sorry. No, no just I, I, your, your, your breeding schedule. You're going to breed all oh, six breeding schedule, right. spread them out. So no, um, so two and kind of two at a time and, um, you know, give a month or two between, uh, cause right now, uh, we, we've got a lot of meat. <laughs> so, um, we've not been selling any pigs, uh, you know, piglets as some would call, uh, to, you know, to, we've not advertised to sell that way, but mm-hmm. that's where we would like to get to. But again, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the conversation. But as of right now, that's how we're looking at it, just doing two at a time and then, uh, you know, a month or two in between just to make it not quite so hectic. Yeah. Kind of keep yeah. a supply coming and going. Yeah. Spreads that out so you don't have to move all your product at, at one time in the year. You've got, right. you've got product coming through each time. Yeah. That's smart. I mean, definitely. Well, all right. So, so you mentioned something there about, um, the, the pigs that you've raised before raising those for meat production and, and that's where all that was going but uh, you've kind of alluded to the fact that you want to maybe do a do some weaning uh, do uh, provide feeders at some point yeah um that's I, i've enjoyed raising you know, um raising them up processing them up selling the meat but uh i i would really like to get to where someone says hey I need X amount of pigs this many, time, this many times a year. And um, that that's really the direction I'd like to take her from because I've enjoyed farrowing. Um, you know, one of them was a difficult farrowing, but we made it through. Um, we just happened to get there in time to pull a stuck pig. And it was a beautiful nightmare, if, that's, if you can believe it. But uh, it, um, But it was enough. It didn't scare me off. And I know they are disasters and, um as, as some uh know all too well uh, <laughs> yes yes we've had our share so, of disasters here lately um but you know even watching other folks with their struggles that's I, I still if i could design it out perfect that's where i'd be taking us hmm. yeah yeah all right all right well let's talk about uh here in the past couple of years the successes that you've had with with marketing the meat uh, that you're selling either direct cuts or at farmers markets or selling to uh, third party restaurants, those type of things. Um, well, and I guess I should allude to this that I didn't earlier. We've been doing this for three years straight. <clears throat> and then, excuse me. So sorry. Yeah. Um, and then we did a couple four years ago, but they learned how to get out really well. And when they wound up on mama's front porch, uh, she said they had to go, so they went. Um, <clears throat> so for the last two years, so two summers at least solid, we've been selling retail cuts and um, beef and pork, but again, focusing on pork. Um, we have a unique situation where we are. Um, I can't remember what, which college course it was, econ or something, but talks about that everybody has an unfair advantage one way or the other. You just got to figure it out. Yeah. And what we have here is a farmer's market um, that is held at a food bank. This food bank is an old grocery store that was renovated. So they have got massive, massive cold storage, um, refrigerated and freezer Mm. space. So that's where we store our meat. I currently have three pallets of meat there in the freezer which works out really nice to where we have farmer's market. You tell me what you want. I walk in and get it. I bring it back. Um, you know, um, I'm also set up. I have a mobile meat license that I can carry freezers on my truck. And we've done that. Um, which also, cause we have it all done USDA inspected at a, uh, uh, processor here in County as crow flies, it would take on about 15 minutes, but, uh, back winding roads it takes about 30 45 yeah um and so they're just they do the real basic um cuts the sausage uh, no smoking no curing they, there's no one around me that does that and i'll i'll get to that in a minute how we've partnered with folks in pennsylvania to 
be able to bring value added pork in. But um, so we've at the time that we're doing this, this is the 16th of December. Mm-hmm. Um, we're done. It's a seasonal, just summertime. I know some folks have them. I keep going, but um, it's on Saturdays. And what we did to kind of help get our name out there is um, we had a swine sampling Saturday. Um, and again, folks are more than willing or glad to uh, use that. Um, you know, uh, I, I will share the love that because it is a beautiful name. Excellent. It catches attention. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I wasn't the one to come up with it. So that's why it's a wonderful exactly. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we did is um, we had um, we had breakfast meats and lunch meats going. We had our sausages, our bacon's, um, uh, some of our pork chops. I mean, we just did. <laughs> we went whole hog, Troy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, you never saw such jokes on this place, folks. Um, but it went really, really well. We uh, did. Uh, about uh, ads, you know, through Facebook. Uh, didn't do it through my local paper. Probably should have. Um, probably will next year. Kind of did that at the beginning of the market so that folks know it. And then every now and then we would have another sampling. Um, but that day we really went all out. Had I think we had probably eight or ten different things folks could try. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks like, oh, I hate, I hate to throw that much product away so to speak and not cash in on it but at the same time the return on our investment for doing that was is turned out really really well for us oh yeah 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 i mean if you that to me sampling is is kind of a no-brainer as long as you've got the traffic coming through when you've got you know one or two here or there and you're throwing product away just because it's cold and and it's losing its luster then then that becomes an issue but yeah I, man if you've got the if you've got the audience potential audience walking through then you know especially if you've got good pork, it's kind of a no brainer. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, and we don't have to worry about much getting thrown away because if customers aren't coming by eating it, I am, you know, (laughs) 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 Uh, fruits of our labor. Clean up systems. Yes. But, um, um, leaping from that to, uh, to what we're doing with some Pennsylvania folks that we're friends and partners with, uh, two years ago, we just had the plain Jane, sausages and things uh loose sausage that you patty up for like breakfast sausage italian sausage so some friends of ours um up in pennsylvania have idaho pasture pigs um raise them very much like we do you know like-minded in our mannerisms and and uh husbandry skills but up there they've got so many more options of uh, butcher shops and processing places so we found one that cured and smoked the bacon and made hot dogs and our best seller is a jalapeno cheddar pork hot dog no, good. Yeah. um that oh makes you want to slap your mama it's so good <laughs> um so it's it's one of those that i tell folks all the time about look at partnering up with someone if you can't do it all um because those that try to do it all they burn out um you know if, if you can find folks that are if you want to uh you know bring in produce find folks that kind of are in the like-minded that y'all could do it together meat and produce and right. um but once we got uh the hot dogs and and the bacons and different sausages in addition to what we had from down here um, we started making um package deals we would have our our one that's got the beef and the pork it's called buying the farm um, it's got a whole bunch of everything. And then we got one for, it's just the pork. It's everything but the squeal. Um, and then we got a breakfast one and a grill master and something that I tried this winter, um, is a winter cause we don't really do a CSA. Um, I've not tried that, uh, waited in the water just to hire this, this winter and realized that I'm not prepared yet, but we did a winter box, meat box. Um, had a couple sign up for, um, middle of them each month. Um, they've just get this set amount of meat. And, uh, so we was like, we'll try it real slow, kind of see, 
uh, and folks seemed very interested in it until I started doing inventories like, Ooh, this ain't going to work. <laughs> so <laughs> inventory control is key. Right, uh, if right. you're going to try to do things like that. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. Wow. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. And, and I, yeah, I really like the idea and this is, you know, this is something that we've talked about with some other guests on the podcast that when you have the opportunity to provide value added product, then you can, you can see that uh, that markup, that uh, uh, profit potential, really, really starts to come out there. And I like what you did, looking at it and saying, "Well, okay, our USDA processor doesn't value add a lot of this stuff, so we're going to have to drive four or five hours, or whatever, to do that, so we can incorporate that." And and then you mm-hmm. guys went a different route and partnering with people. So yeah, you, you you didn't put that additional strain on your farm setup, but you're still able to value add and profit share with this partner. Right. You know, it may cost us a dollar and a half more in processing fees, but when I can sell it for three to four more dollars per pound or package than what I was getting before, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer to, to try to go that route. And as, as we've heard from many folks on these podcasts, trying to find USDA and, and different things, uh, I feel, I feel their pain yeah. <laughs> on I'm trying to find value added. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the so thing. It's yeah. Finding a USDA processor is the first hurdle. Finding one that actually you know does a good job is the next hurdle. And then, like you said, finding the ones that have invested in all this value added stuff because all the the money they've got tied up in being a USDA processor. You know, are they going to go mm-hmm. out and buy the nice stuffers? Are they going to have these uh, you know natural smokers? All those things that just keep adding more and more regulation because of USDA. And it is tough. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would not it want is, to be a absolutely. processor. That's for sure. But uh, no. but, yeah, but I think that's uh, you hit the nail on the head there. That it's one of those things for anyone listening that's you know, just getting started in the commercial sales side of this. When you look at the value added products, if you have access to them, then really look and see what the market will bear. If if you see there's you know five farms around you selling the same thing, then go after some of that value added uh, product that they're not selling, and and just see if you can you know chisel out a niche there. Exactly. I mean, we, we sell our hot dogs. They're coming either six or eight in a pack. And I mean, we're getting $8 a pack. We're in the grocery store, you know, what, a buck 99 or something like that. Yeah, but exactly. yeah. um, folks, they're, it's one of those that goes back to the sampling. Everybody's kind of hesitant until they try it. And it's so funny watching folks take a sample. They'll kind of walk and you'll see them stop, turn around and come back and say, I'm going to need two packs of those. Right. And uh, those those are the those are the coolest to watch. I mean, it's kind of that whole, stop, yeah. come back. Boomerang so, effect, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, also, let's let's talk a little bit about, um, so, so with your farmer's market set up, you're doing the sampling. What other... What are the things have you learned in the past couple of years to, to really set up your booth to, to really get the word out? I mean, do, do people know now to come to you because they can, they, they kind of like the old cartoon, they're just wafting on the smell of bacon, so they just come floating in? <laughs> or, or do you have um, signage? What's your method there? We've, we've got signs that uh, we stick out on the side of the highway because we're the farmer's market is right by the main fair, you, you, uh, whatever the fancy word is. It's, it's by the faint big highway, is how we call it. Um, so, it's four lane, it's north and south, lots of traffic. Um, so the farmer's market's got a big sign there that they put out every time. And then we've got ones that say beef and pork. And then days we have samples, we'll put out another sign that says it. Um, but a trick that we did use when we did our swine sampling Saturday uh, was that we did have a box fan set up. And it was in the, quote, unquote, uh, name of keeping flies blown off. But sure. if what it was doing was sending that wonderful bacon smell through the masses and watching them eyes glaze over and come floating in and uh, try it. It was, <laughs> you know, you use what you got, like we said. Um, that's right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not too proud. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> so. hey, that's, that's, <clears throat> there's a reason when you drive past a Burger King that its smokestack is rolling like crazy. They ain't, they ain't making that many hamburgers. They're pumping that stink out so... They can try to draw you in. Absolutely. Exactly. That's that's the key to bread stores. That's why mostly uh, exactly. yep. you don't really want bread until you smell it. And you're like, oh, man, I need some. <laughs> right. Definitely. Well, cool. So, yeah, so you set up the fan. You got your signs. You got your samples going. Um, do you find yourself uh, you know, at this time of year as the, as the market winds down, do you have uh, – 
repeat customers that are that are still looking for product? Are you still are you doing deliveries? Are you doing meetups there? How how does that working out in the office? Um, with with how we're set up, uh, you know, uh, all through the farmers market, we're giving out you know our our uh, business card and flyers, uh, you know, tells folks how to get to us, and then we're on Facebook and all that. So every now and then we'll say, hey, you know, we got a deal going. If you want it, holler at us, and we'll meet you and give it to you. But uh, something that we've done in the last couple months, uh, we've taken one step further, and we have actually put meat in, um, like, uh, a mom and pops. They're not really a convenience store, but more like a general store, um, if, if to give you kind of a, uh, a visual. And um, so we're, we're really excited about that. One of them is very tourist-oriented, and right now the tourists are gone from here. That's the county's largest uh, industry is tourism here. Okay. And then the other ones um, out more to where the local folks come through, they'll grab a biscuit or a pre-made supper kind of thing. Um, Wasn't sure how it's going to work. And so far it seems to be taking off. You know, we're, we've not getting rich and retiring anytime soon, but it is, uh, we're really excited that they were wanting to work with us and, um, went in and introduced ourselves and everything and it's like oh you're the pig farmers from down the road and you know first things like oh boy are they going to complain about something or <laughs> right. you know that's kind of the the general oh, yeah, exactly. thing that happens We're like oh you raise pigs yeah but no they were so happy to see us and and i'm really excited that we're getting to work with them cool so now are they uh, for clarity are they selling your packaged product or are they taking it and actually preparing food with it uh yes uh, <laughs> we're still right now they they have a, a whole freezer of our stuff and um what they've done a time or two because they they've just opened maybe a month ago um they they've done like our hot dogs one day just to kind of uh showcase them and uh and have them kind of as a grab and go kind of meal and um so it's it's one of those that we're looking at it kind of just to see how because we're again month month and a half in not really sure what the customers are wanting you know if they're if they're wanting more of the hot dog deals and hamburgers um then yes we'd look at using more of ours right now it's more of um a really good sunday evening supper kind of already done up um that needs more stuff than what i've got to offer yeah yeah i got you all right well cool that's we're we're yeah, definitely open to the whole use our stuff as your main course for sure. Yeah. Well, again, there's there's the you know, the reason for that USDA processing to come up so you can you can have those doors open right. and be able to have your product moved in that direction. But um, we we carry you know insurance and it's it's going back to the disclaimer. You got to come back, DJ. I'm, lo- I'm losing you. Sorry. That's all right. You there you me. go. Yeah. The, try, uh, try I, again. I, I mentioned government and my phone goes down. So what does that tell you? But <laughs> right. what I was saying is, is check with you, you know, the state ag to see what rules and regulations there are. But, um, but yeah, we carry insurance. Um, you know, we've, one of them has asked us for it and gladly, uh, give them the paperwork and things. And it's, uh, most folks, need to have insurance you know it's definitely the cya cover your assets uh approach and um um, but yeah and another thing that we're doing uh with them is we're doing it on consignment uh where a lot of folks want to go it's like here buy all my stuff and you resell it Hmm. with it being such a new uh, operation uh we're like you know what we'll take a gamble and, and work with you here and um i take in x amount and then Every couple of weeks, I'll come back in, check it. You'll pay me for what's sold. I'll restock it, and we'll keep on trucking. And so far, we've we've struck a chord doing that. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, that that's something I know. That's just just something new starting with. We may have to have you back on and see how that works out as far as uh, tracking and management and logistics of that. Because uh, I would think getting your foot in the door under the consignment uh, setup would allow you to, to reach people quicker versus like you said, yes. you know, cause it's all about, you know, those, those type of stores, my goodness, cash flow and profit margins so tight. It's all about cash flow. If, if they don't, exactly. Uh, if they don't have to carry inventory on the front end, the cost of inventory on the front end, then uh, they'd be more apt to move your product. But 
Uh, yeah, there's the, um, the the devils in the details there as far as tracking, spoilage, all that type of stuff. Exactly. And and I will say this, that both places that we are have uh, a POS, a point of sale that tracks everything. So, I mean, they're, it's, uh, they have computerized records and things and then print me a report saying this is what we've sold. And, um, you know, I try to operate off the good old boy. A handshake is a deal done. But at the same time, I really like having the piece of paper saying, what has and hasn't happened and you know it just makes for easier uh transactions down the road yeah yeah i mean it, it's i agree with you I, there's there's an there's a certain uh, element to a, a gentleman's agreement uh, but you're right when when something happens let's say you have a power outage and for three days uh yeah they have freezers go bad and and you've got all that spoilage you know just just you know what what have we discussed before that's happening uh, it's going to get covered you know maybe they have an insurance policy mm-hmm. that covers all that maybe they don't um, maybe your insurance policy covers it but you know those are the type of things you you want to do your due diligence and and uh, and try to get all that spelled out but man that's that's exciting that uh, that you're you know, being able to get into those areas there and testing the waters yeah it's uh, you know so many so many other producers I've heard is like eh, we've done so well you know we have everything sold for it hits the ground and I've not been blessed with that issue yet. Um, <laughs> we, we've we've tried selling holes and halves, and nobody's really took us take taken taking us up, whatever the correct English way of saying it is. Gotcha. Uh, up on it, and so it was like, all right, well, back up in point, and um, so that's that's why I'm way late on getting back into the breeding. Um, you know, I don't want to be stuck with a hundred pigs and. 15 pallets of meat that I can't move. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, cause that exponentially that can add up really quick. Um, so yeah, it, it's good to have the plan and, and the diversification. If you look at you know, the different ways that you're diversifying, then, then that always comes in and well. Right. Um, you know, I would love to also be to the point of the restaurant says, Hey, you, you know, we would love to use your, cause we, we have a lot of uh, farm to table type restaurants here in our County. Um, and here in Raven County, and uh, we're actually the farm-to-table capital of Georgia. We oh, okay. have designation at the state capital, whole nine yards. So you know we're we've talked to one restaurant about trying to uh, see if we could meet capacity uh, of what they want of certain things. But uh, another thing that we are working on is becoming the official meat of a distillery here in town um mm-hmm. they do uh weekend shindigs of you know uh they do tours all the time but then they'll bring in um little bands and things on the weekend so we're looking at uh making a partnership there of being the official uh meat provider of moonrise distillery you know we'll have samples and in that case it'll be on the weekend i'll have my freezers back on the truck and folks can buy directly from us there. So, yeah, well. um, you know, it's that side hustle. I just keep it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, yeah, that's, again, you know, you, yeah, who was it? Somebody was asking a question. I heard somebody asking a question just, just earlier today about uh, if I want to become a farmer, should I drop out of college and, and just study farming or, or try farming or do if I, if I go to college, <laughs> go to an ag college and learn farming and you know, what do I need to do? And you, know, you almost want to say, well, you want to do all of the above, but, but my goodness, a business class, you know, a basic business, basic economics, basic yeah, accounting, yes. all of that stuff comes in handy. Basic marketing, uh, you know, being a pig farmer and standing out with your pigs is, is the best part of the business. But uh, yeah, there's so many people I hear with the deficiencies of, I don't know how to sell my product. I just don't know how to get out there and get the word out about my product. Right. And and the whole wanting to get into stores and restaurants and not knowing how to how markets work uh, work and, and controlling your inventory. Cause I have an animal science degree. I was heavily focused on beef production. Pork wasn't nowhere on the radar. Um, and that was almost 20 years ago. So, um, but it, it's... A lot of that has helped. I do wish that I had uh, more business classes, but uh, I tried micro econ for three terms and I finally gave up. I was like, <laughs> okay, I can't quite get this one. And, uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. But of course, you know, the way to do it now is you just go to YouTube and watch it and you learn everything there. Right, right. Exactly. Um, that is definitely, definitely a league ahead 
or a jump ahead for most folks. Well, it is um, an it is an incredible asset. I mean, we live in an exciting time because we have an incredible asset. I mean, hey, you and I are having a conversation when we're six hundred miles apart, with as if we were sitting beside one another. But just exactly. just like you said, the 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 resources that we can access. I mean, just you know, think when you and I were in, in high school. You know, what do we have to do when it was time to research? You you went to the library. <laughs> And you checked out all these books, and you stuck your nose in a book for 24 hours. Uh, now you just cheat and put it in Google, and it spits something out, and you just hope your teacher hadn't seen it. Exactly. Uh, you know? That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Let the Google finish your homework. Well, well, all right, DJ. So what about, I think we've kind of tipped on this a little bit, but looking out forecasting, since we're talking about economics, forecasting your five-year plan, what does the next five years look like for Shadow Bee Farms, hopefully? Um, again, I would, I would really like to, um, I'm going to say a contract follower cause I can't think of a better term, but that's where I'd really like to get to. Um, and you know, still, still keep some back for us selling our meat or our retail cuts and everything, but, uh, really shift focus to, uh, to doing a very control tight control breeding farrowing. Um, you know, we're, as we've mentioned numerous times, have no idea what direction we're going on the daddy side of the things. So I'm very open to, uh, you know, folks saying, Hey, I'd be willing to, you know, this is one of those that it'd be, have to be more than gentlemen's agreement. Sure. Um, try this kind of hog or boar on your hogs and, uh, let's roll with that. So, um, but other than that, I don't see us quitting anytime soon on, on doing retail cuts. Um, I've just got too many things, working in my favor to uh to to stop doing that yeah yeah it sounds like sounds like that farmer's market setup yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't give up that until i absolutely had to (laughs) exactly yeah yeah um so hopefully you know in five years we'll be in quite a few stores i i don't want to be in no big name brand store um you want to keep the the local niche uh feel by staying in mom and pop uh general stores convenience stores kind of thing um, and hopefully be in a restaurant. That's, that would be a pretty cool, um, a pretty cool thing. But I also know that restaurants selling to restaurants is probably the lowest, uh, margin, uh, for farmers there is. Uh, so, um, you know, the upside ups and downs of that would will weigh out eventually. Yeah, that's a tough market. And, and, and I can't speak from experience because I haven't sold directly to restaurants, but it's it's it all depends on the restaurant and their expectations. You know, I think so much because we're so disconnected from our food, even even these guys that own restaurants, they expect uh, consistency. They expect uniformity. And you know, pastured pig operation, you, you, not all your pork shops are going to be the same size. They're not all necessarily going to be the same weight. They're not going to have the similar, you know, same marbling characteristics. So it's one of those things where uh, you, know, you really have to vet your, your restaurant well, I would believe, and make sure they understand your operation and you're, you're not, a, you're not a, a factory cranking out uh, perfect uh, replica, replicas each time. So Right, right. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those. I have... I have no issues, um, you know, with the big ag things. They're they're there for a purpose. There, there are other farmers trying to make their dollar just like we're trying to make our dollar, just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but it consistency is the hardest thing to, um, you know, to control. Because um, out of out of six uh, gilts, you know, breed them out there, one or two may just be genetically. Um, inferior to the rest of them and then you know you're you're banking on that 15 to 20 pigs um and then they just kind of let you down so that's that's true expectations yeah yeah Um, it it is what it is and like you say just going in and making sure you're ready to explain your situation and and uh, not over promise and under deliver right well, all right. So let's uh, let's stick a fork in this. What uh, let's let's hit our closing question here, DJ. What uh, in your experience of raising pigs? What is your favorite experience of raising pigs on pasture? Um, I I still have to stick with uh, just watching a pig's eyes. Yeah, they've got so much expression um, when they're just kind of sitting there and kind of darting their eyes back and forth, looking to see what they can get into, what's up. Yeah. Cause they don't miss very much. You may think they're sleeping, but they're a lot like a, 
uh, a teenage young and they're not paying you attention, but they're hearing everything you say. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that, my, that's probably my favorite part is just kind of watching their expressions. Yeah. Yeah. My pigs roll their eyes at me a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I'm glad mine cannot speak English. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's times I know what they said through their eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. they're hilarious. I was feeding this morning and, and, uh, feeding inside the stalls and, and one of the sows, she, she turned sideways. She's like, you're not getting out. And I'm like, come on, move. And I you know, put my knee and <laughs> knee to her side and go to push her out of the way. And, and she's like, you're not, you know, okay. Yeah. Troy, you're 230 pounds. She's two, she's 600 pounds. Guess who's going to move and who's not going to move. So funny little man. <laughs> exactly. She's like, I could knock you on your rear end so fast. All right. Well, DJ, I really appreciate you coming on yet again, and uh, your uh, your ability to come back and, and recount your story. I, I appreciate you you doing that and having uh, having grace with uh, the fact that I had a technical difficulty there. Well, I'm I'm glad you uh, allowed me this opportunity. I really do appreciate it. Well, if people want to learn more about Shadow Bee Farms, where can they find you online? We're on Instagram and uh, Facebook. We're probably not the most active out there but um you just do uh at shadow bee farms and we'll come up on something um so we we look forward to to seeing y'all uh giving us a shout or a like or uh we don't tweet so can't do that (laughs) so if any of y'all have any lonely boars that are looking for some uh some uh dates (laughs) exactly uh especially especially close to northeast georgia so i don't have to drive you know (laughs) forever and ever so no doubt all right well dj i appreciate it i pray you have a uh, good evening and a good rest of the week thank you troy i really appreciate it all right take care man well i really appreciate dj being gracious to come back for the second time and be interviewed Uh, again a little technical error there that made me lose the first interview uh, but uh, really enjoyed talking with him. He's he's very easy to talk to and he's got a great great uh, personality and just just great to um, to share his experiences with. Um, and he actually reached out to me this week prior to this going live and, and give me an update that he has indeed found a breeding boar and uh, one without floppy ears too. So he's he's excited about that. So um, anxious to see how that works out for him in 2020. Well, I pray everyone has a great week, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right, take care. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. To learn more about our podcast or to submit topics or recommend guests for future episodes, visit redtoolhouse.com.